Today on What the Hack, Marie Kondo meets a listener's garage. We hear how sparking joy could lead to... Really needing to spark a joint. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam Levin. I'm Bo Friedlander. And I'm Travis Taylor. So Massimo, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you're from. So first thing is, where are you coming to us from right now? I currently live in the greater Toronto area, just north of the border. So that would make you a hockey fan. Hockey fan, hockey player. Yeah, enthusiast all the way around. Maple Leafs fan, Canadians fan. Long-suffering Maple Leafs fan, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, as a long-suffering New York Rangers fan, which... Depends upon the year, whether we're happy or not. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> anyway, what, what brings you to the show today? I'll tell you what, I moved earlier this year. It was a four-bedroom house. Moved into another four-bedroom house, and it was a very large ordeal. So I decided to, uh, you know, lighten the load a little bit and get rid of a lot of junk that I just don't need. So, you know, a lot of uh, our stuff, rims, winter tires, things like that, and uh, grills, exercise equipment. So I posted a bunch of ads on uh, Gigi, which is, I guess, Canada's version of Craigslist. Do you say Gigi or Kiji or what did you it's, say? It's K-I-J-I-J-I. 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 Yeah. So it's sort of like Kmart meets a cute French girl. That's basically... It's it's exactly like Craigslist, and I don't know why, but for some reason, Gigi just became the place. It, it, it wiped out Craigslist here in Canada. I decided to also, you know, uh, advertise on Facebook Marketplace as well, because uh, there's a lot more activity on that platform these days. As someone who's never actually used Facebook Marketplace, I'm a little in the dark here. Can you walk us through the process of it? Yeah, well, it's very similar. It's like free, basically. And uh, what you do is you just post your your item. You post pictures. Usually you can post, I think, up to 10 or 12 photographs and uh, a description and what you're asking, you know, dollar-wise, etc. And uh, people on Facebook, like they have different groups that you can actually advertise on. So you can advertise on, you know, the greater Toronto area group or the, you know, there's five counties around the Toronto area, each one of the county um, groups, et cetera. So, uh, and then there's ethnic groups too. There's the Russian group and there's the Iranian group and so and so forth. <laughs> there's a big Chinese community here too. So they have like the Chinese group. And so you just advertise like you wallpaper Facebook marketplace with your ad and it's, you get a lot of eyes on it. It's very effective. What was the weirdest thing that you were selling on Facebook marketplace and Kijiji? I have two trucks and, um, I had a bunch of extra tires and rims like winter tires on, on rims. And, uh, I also have a propane grill and a gas grill that connects directly to the house and uh, a charcoal grill. So I didn't need all three. So I was getting rid of the gas grill. And uh, just like I said, things like that, big stuff, uh, big bulky stuff that just takes up a lot of room and is very heavy and you don't want to move. So so you were selling rims, tires, 
and some grills, one grill. And um, and what what's the price range of these things? Where are we in price range? Uh, well, north of five hundred bucks. Uh, some of the rims are two thousand dollars. Okay. So they're not small ticket, but they're not huge, big ticket items either. Well, we want you to know that you are speaking to one of the cognoscenti of online marketplace denizenry, Mr. <laughs> Bo Friedlander, who is our representative to sell all things online. That's, that is, you know, I have had some pretty incredible experiences, many of them negative, selling things <laughs> through everywhere from eBay to Craigslist to Facebook. But Facebook Marketplace is really good for one thing, and that is giving things away. If you just want to get rid of stuff and you say free, oh man. And you know what else is really great about it, Massimo? Is you meet the funniest people. The ones that come for the free stuff, they're the good ones. They're hilarious. (laughs) Bo tried to give me away for free on Facebook Marketplace, but unfortunately... Nobody was interested. Oh no, I got I they didn't pass the uh the sniff test, but the, I got a lot of offers out of them. I just none of them seemed like they were very safe. Oh, well, thank you for protecting me. <laughs> no, but I've been selling Massimo, I've been selling a, a 1974 Ford Country Squire that someone gave to me. They didn't want it anymore. And I didn't really understand what was going on until I tried to sell it. Oh my gosh. It's been <laughs> online for like no, you know, people come, they kick the tires, they 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 smear a pancake on the windshield, they leave. Um, it's 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 incredible, and it's also incredible the number of people who come through trying to do a scam on you, and you're selling the thing, you're not buying the thing, you're selling the thing. Did you have any experiences with that sort of thing? Well, you know, with the with the grill in particular, I had a really interesting experience with a, a woman who approached me and it was really interesting she she contacted me she was interested in the gas grill that i was selling and it was really straightforward and a little too easy she said you know um i i want it generally on these marketplace sites uh, everybody negotiates. You had somebody who basically said, I don't need to negotiate. You got a deal. It, it seemed too good to be true, right? Someone just pressed the easy button. Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit peculiar and uh, it didn't seem right. I um, I just decided to see where uh, where this was going. So she, uh, she then continued and said she was busy. She would send the courier. They'd come to my home. But she explained that they would come that day at 3 p.m., and then she proceeded to tell me that she needed my name first and last, okay? My address, the city I live in, the postal code, so zip code basically, the price, and my email. And it, also the time of passage, whatever that meant. So so I just Googled time of passage to see if it was some sort of, you know, term of art. It's not. It's just, it's just yeah. poetic. And poetry is sometimes the byproduct of bad, bad English. And that sounds like what it was here. Did you get a sense? Did you actually speak to this person or was it all just via DM? I, you know, it's suspecting it was a bit of a scam. I, I responded saying, hey, listen, you know what? I can't really see your ID, uh, your, your profile. So maybe you could send me your phone number. And she went dark. So 
it was at that point that I actually DM'd Adam and I said, Hey, have you guys ever heard of this particular scam? Because I think I have one on the line, you know, and let's see what, uh, what this one's all about. And to my surprise, actually, Adam checked with you guys. and He said, Nope, nobody's heard of this, this one yet. seems like a new one. So let's see what happens. So I reached back out to her and I said, are we still on for 3 p.m.? And again, she responded saying, oh, you know, I need your, uh, your demographic, like, you know, all of that information that I just explained. Now, Anderson. hold on. Did she say your demographics? What did no. she actually say? No, I'm, I'm, she said, I'm still waiting for your information so that okay. I can place the order. Now, let's, let's go through the information. She wanted your name, your full name. She wanted your email address. Correct. She wanted your actual residence address. Yep. And including zip code. Which would include a zip code. And anything else? Phone number. Your phone number. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what happened next? I didn't comply. I didn't give her any of that information. I just, um, I got back to her about three hours later and I said, uh, you know, we had a big storm that had passed through the area at that time. So I said, hey, you know, uh, power was out. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get back to you. Are we still good to go? Are we still on? And she went dark. And then I reached out to her again the following morning and still no answer. Okay. So that's where the trail ended. I guess she figured the jig was up. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like there's much dancing going on. I have a theory. So I'll tell you, Massimo, I have a guy coming. I really do have a guy coming tomorrow. He has been in touch. He's been, we've talked on the phone. And the only reason I gave him my address was because we did talk on the phone and I could tell that he really was a guy who had the skills to fix the car. He just, his voice sounded like the voice of a guy who could fix a car. And I believed him. Here's the thing about scammers is they're good at getting you to click on a button or to, to make a mistake. They're not always such good actors. So that's why often they won't get on the phone with you. This guy is coming tomorrow. Maybe he's going to steal my stuff. He now has my address. And if he wants to steal the country squire, God love him. Go ahead, because I need to get that thing out of my garage. I'm not quite sure that anything more maleficent happened here than the two of you were playing defense and it made a sale impossible that's what i'm guessing actually i'm guessing that this person wasn't trying to scam you they were trying not to be scammed and you were trying to not be scammed and the both of you in the process of trying not to be scammed were unable to make a transaction on facebook marketplace which for me makes perfect sense because you have to be super careful on Facebook Marketplace. But now I get to add my favorite part. But wait, there's more. Uh, oh. Cue the sound of another shoe it dropping. <gasps> this spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike. 
with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address, or your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. Massimo, you had a frustrating experience trying to sell a used grill online. Bo's not so convinced it was a scam. What happened that made you think something more might be happening? I had some conversations with some people in my circle. And this happened all on, this all happened on a Thursday, Friday. On the Sunday, my family came over for dinner. And I was explaining to my sister and my brother-in-law what had happened. And they said, that's really funny. We had the same experience just this week. Now, it was a different ID, but the scam was the same, and it also involved TNT. So they were uh, selling a piece of exercise equipment, a piece of gym equipment, and it was the same thing. Send us your name, your address, your phone number, your email, and we'll send TNT with the cash to pick up the piece of equipment. And my sister, I think she smelled a rat, basically, and she reached out to my nephew, who's a really smart kid, and he's like, no, no, this is a scam for sure. Don't, don't send them any of your information. And so they actually had screen grabs from the conversation, you know, on their phone. And they showed me and it was identical. The other thing is one of the guys that I play hockey with, his brother-in-law actually got, so he's the brother-in-law sent him his name, his address, all of that information. But then the woman who incidentally 
was the same woman who had reached out to me. He said, oh, now I've, ordered, I've placed the order with the courier company, but they need $100 uh, to ensure the, the, the package, to ensure the item. So when they get, uh, you know, here, you're going to have to pay $100 up front, and then I will reimburse you um, along with the rest of the cash that they're going to bring in the envelope. And what were they selling? Uh, uh, an elliptical machine, a piece of gym equipment. Okay, so they, they had a buyer, and the buyer wanted to buy the elliptical machine. I, I'm curious, did they also negotiate the price? No negotiation on price. I saw the actual text, no negotiation. Just, we'll take it, send us your info. And then, so how did we get to the part where they're sending a courier if they didn't send their contact information as requested? Okay, so now we have a third incident, and this involved a gentleman who I play hockey with. Okay. And one of his family members actually, um, they got, they didn't get scammed, but they got, uh, you know, extorted, so to speak, to send the, uh, the insurance money. And it was, um, that was the eye-opening piece. So what happened was the same thing. They were selling a piece of sports equipment. The same woman who had reached out to me so the same profile, somebody using that same Facebook profile, reached out to this gentleman and said, I'll take it. Send me your name, your address, your phone number, all of that fun stuff. He complied. He sent the information. Okay, so he went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he go down the rabbit hole with the flashlight on his forehead? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In what form was she, assuming this was actually a she you were dealing with, in what form was she requesting the money? So that was uh, going to be uh, done through PayPal. All right. So your friend has said, great, you're going to buy my thing. Did he share his contact info the way he was requested? He shared his contact info the way he was requested. And it was his contact info? Yep. His home address, all of that. Now, is this a guy who likes to throw his gloves off and beat the crap out of people on the in the <laughs> ring? <laughs> he's a goalie so he basically likes to have you know galvanized rubber flying at his head at 100 miles an hour <laughs> so he thinks he's got a deal he thinks a courier is going to be showing up at his uh, doorstep to pick up this piece of sports equipment and gets another DM from the, the woman um, advising him that the courier needs uh, insurance in order to pick up the package and that uh, he needs to send a hundred dollars via PayPal to ensure the package. And she claimed she would reimburse them the hundred dollars um, via the envelope with the cash for the item that they were purchasing. Your friend knows and your friend is sort of smilingly like, oh, you want a hundred dollars, huh? Hmm. Yeah, but it got ugly. The, the gloves came off. I think at that point, understood what was going on, that, you know, he was just basically going to lose $100 and there was no, you know, mm-hmm. courier to his door to pick up anything. So he said, no, nope, sorry, no deal. I'm not sending you $100. And then the response was, I've already contracted out the courier come to your house. And if you don't send me the $100 or send them the $100, I'm going to sue you. Oh, wow. So we're talking to a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. So, 
<laughs> First we had the carrot, now we have the stick. Well, right. but it's also clearly a person who doesn't understand jurisprudence very well because it's very, very foolhardy to think you can sue somebody for a hundred bucks and if someone's going to buy it, they're, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, people are afraid, you know, like now you have my name, you have my address, you know where I live. It's like, you know, maybe it's better off just paying the hundred bucks and, you know, not having to worry about it. But then what's next? What's next is you capture a blue heron or some other wading bird, put it in a burlap sack with enough food to keep it alive and you send it to them. So when they open it up, it's really pissed off and they have big beaks and it hurts. I don't know what you do, Massimo. I think that you're screwed. Yeah, a condor. You send them a condor. That'll do it. How much was the uh, elliptical selling for anyway? They were they were looking for five hundred bucks, and yeah, they weren't going to get it. But but Travis, right. your five hundred dollar thing doesn't work in Canada because it might not be the same law. I know. <laughs> so Massimo, you may not know, but in the United States, um, uh, five hundred dollars is grand larceny, and so they'll do yeah. four ninety nine or something. But in, in Canada, you get. You get four years for murder. So, I mean, basically, you know, these kinds of crimes have slap on the wrist kind of penalties. Like the laws here are really brutal. Like the enforcement is brutal. The laws are still there, but the enforcement is not. Where did we end up? So did he decide to give the hundred bucks to see what happened or did he leave it there? He just blocked her and walked away figuring, you know what, it's a scam and, you know, let them come and get me if they want to. Yeah, the most that ever happened. So I, Massimo, I'm so glad to hear this story because as Adam, Adam, why don't you actually tell Massimo why I'm so glad to hear this story? Well, Bo, first of all, loves scamming scammers. Yeah, I do. Bo lives to scam. Now, his scammers seem to be more reasonably priced than your scammer. Because well, no, his I, get, scammers, I, get scammers, I get scammers going after some money sometimes, Adam. Well, no, I, you have one guy that wanted $30. 35. Even yeah, when you, Tom. Or 35. And you offered him several hundred to be on the show and no, the no, response to the scammer. I offered him, no, I offered him $10,000. Oh, wow. And he was like, well, that sounds like a scam. That's <laughs> <It's> like, but <laughs> are you kidding me? Really? Um, but no, what I get more often than not when I do this, when I put my own uh, headlamp on and go down the rabbit hole, is if you... It's a bunch of scared rabbits. No. Eventually, the rabbit turns around and goes, f*** you and f*** your mother. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, what? They're like, yeah, you heard me f*** you. Don't you have anything better to do? And I was like, don't you have anything better to do? You're (laughs) trying to scam me? But they, they, obviously, you can see they, they operate based on a very closely scripted conversation. Oh. You guys, I'm I'm on Tinder and uh, and Bumble, okay. And if you want to see tightly scripted conversations, I yeah. should send you some screen grabs. Like it's always the same thing. It's always a nice young Asian woman, and it's always like, oh, "Hi, how you doing?" Whatever, and then instantly it's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not on here very often. Uh, are you on Telegraph or or WhatsApp?" And they immediately try to get you off of the platform so they can bring you onto WhatsApp and sell you Bitcoin or whatever. Well, and that there, there, that oxytocin can really get a guy to be pretty stupid pretty fast. But, yeah. you know, also a woman pretty stupid pretty fast. It doesn't matter what sex you are. If, the, if there's sex on the table, uh, it's amazing how dumb people become and how quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then it's just so funny. It's a boilerplate. Like, it's just so amazing how they all use the same exact boilerplate. I can also hear Bumble coming back at me and saying, "It's not. we're not about sex, sir. We're trying to (laughs) set people up in relationships. Not really. (laughs) I don't know, Adam. Do you have any misgivings about the the information grab part of this? I do. I do. You know, when you give away any of your personal information especially because it could be especially because it be can try that again especially because it can be combined with information that you already have through purchases on the dark web or you've gotten through uh data breach disclosures uh all of that together creates a mosaic and every one of those bits of information is a, a tile that goes into that mosaic the more they get, the clearer the mosaic, the more they can represent themselves as being you. And of course, Canada has one specific twist that we don't have in the U.S., and that is in the U.S., you can freeze your credit. In Canada, except for one province, you can't freeze your credit. Yeah, just being in my existence, to be honest with you, it's like, you know, I was going to ask you the same question. Like, how do we, how do we do what you've done in the States to change the rules here so that we can freeze our credit because like it's brutal that we can't, I mean, it's almost a crime right there. Well, it's either could be, it's gotta be based on legislation or the willingness on the part of the two credit reporting agencies that operate in Canada, which is Equifax and TransUnion as to whether they're willing to do that for people. Now, of course, in the U S after the Equifax breach, Equifax as part of a settlement agreed to make, the ability to freeze your credit free. But again, we had the ability to freeze your credit in the U.S. You don't have it in Canada. Yeah, yeah. And I guess there's a financial cost to them as to why they're not providing that service. Like, I can't understand how it doesn't, you know, how it how it hurts them to offer that because it's such an important thing. Like, I work, I work for a financial institution and I work closely with wealth management and... I'm telling you, like the things you see and people just losing, you know, hundreds of thousands and even millions of dollars in, in scams, it's, it's soul crushing. One thing that we keep coming back to, um, be it in the US or Canada or really anywhere else in the world, is that the public awareness of scams just isn't there yet. People are not aware enough about the uh, risks that they're facing with, with their data. And until they become more aware, until there's more public pressure to pass more legislation, we're going to keep on seeing things like not being able to freeze your credit easily in Canada or in the U.S. having a difficulty being able to report any kind of a scam or identity fraud to the authorities. Yeah, I understand that in the U.S., if you're trying to freeze your child's credit, for example, it's a big ordeal and there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. So, Not an inordinate number of hoops. It's more that you have to convince them that you are the parent or guardian of this individual as opposed to somebody trying to to steal their credit or their identity. And it's worth it. And it doesn't take all that much time. And if you can do it, you should do it. Absolutely. Yeah. As as somebody who looks at, you know, managing risk, um, basically, you know, on a day-to-day basis, it would be me it would make a lot more sense if everybody's credit was frozen as a default and if you needed to unfreeze it then you had to go through hoops to do that um i i 
I don't understand why the system hasn't sort of caught up with the times because unfortunately, you know, it's uh, it's not making a lot of sense. Like we used to in the '90s, the big scam was people would sell your house under from out from underneath you. You know, so grandma has a house, the mortgage is paid off, and all of a sudden, a moving truck shows up in front of her house, and there's a family ready to move in, and somebody's stolen the title and you know sold the house from underneath her. So then you are able to buy title insurance. Well, now you have to buy title insurance as part of the transaction. You know, whenever you buy or sell a house, you have to. Have, well, when you buy a house anyway, you they force you to buy title insurance. Wait, now let's back up a little bit because you know what? You just said something. If I may say so, with a swear word, f-ing brilliant, um, Massimo. Say everything you just said again about people, about the preset, the, the, the default setting being that everyone's credit should be frozen. That the, I think that is a brilliant idea. Tell us your theory. Massimo, what do you think the solution is to this problem? Like, what could be a better way of approaching our credit so that it wasn't so easy to steal stuff from us? Well, because it's 2023 and not 1923, I think it's a, you know, <laughs> you should look at credit a little differently and... You know, the default should be that everybody's credit is frozen so that when you need to use your credit or you need to, you know, transact, you then log in and unfreeze your credit. But making, you know, consumers, people, individuals, children who who don't even really have credit yet, you know, leaving their credit wide open so that they can be victimized is the biggest crime of all. I think it should be the other way around. Amazing. Wow. So I think that you should run for commissioner of something up there in Toronto. Well, we, we've been uh, blessed to have Ann Kavurkian on the show, and she is former privacy and information commissioner up in, in Ontario. Yep. And, you know, her whole thing is privacy by design and where privacy should be a default. And privacy and credit protection, identity protection, they all go hand in hand. Yeah, and Kabukian is a very, very well-respected, you know, privacy guru here in Ontario. You're right, she was our privacy czar here in Ontario for years, and she she fought the good fight, but, uh, you know, she she also ran into a lot of obstacles trying to make things better for everybody. Listen, based on our conversation today, you could be the next Anne Kabukian. Those are big shoes to fill. Hey, I don't think that she would say that she has big feet. You should take that back. <laughs> yeah, she might be a little sad by that, but but she is a remarkable woman. And the exciting thing is her concept of privacy by design is now being adopted worldwide. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, the GDPR is, is based on the theory that privacy should be by design and that it should be the default, which yeah. is really always very frustrating when you think about the fact that privacy isn't the default in this country. And as a matter of fact, you, in many cases, you have to pay for it to get something more private. So we can't thank you enough for joining us. We've had a great conversation. We, we love your concept of, of credit freezes by default and just keep fighting back those scammers because they're going to come after you every day. Unfortunately. Well, you guys are doing, uh, the Lord's work, gentlemen, and uh, thanks a lot for having me. And I'm a big fan of the show. And you know, all the best. Keep it up. Thank thanks you, Massimo. It's really nice to meet you. 
likewise and much. honestly i'm a big fan and i think you guys are doing amazing stuff so uh thanks a lot for having me and um yeah if i if i stumble across anything else interesting cool peach out again thank you okay guys thank you thank you it was a pleasure cheers bye Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Mossmo's story really does highlight some of the uh, dangers of selling stuff online. So I figure that'll make a uh, good uh, tinfoil swan. Mm, are you saying it's time for our tinfoil swan? Our paranoid takeaway to help keep you safe on and offline. I'm not comfortable with this, guys. We're not doing it the way we usually do it, but okay, fine. So what is the topic today? I guess it's like staying safe uh, when you're buying stuff from Facebook Marketplace and other places like it. And selling stuff. Which Bo happens to be the world expert on things such as this. I have sold stuff. I have been scammed. And you know, the thing is, there's sort of like the scam light, L-I-T-E, that happens too. So, Bo, what's your definition of a scam light? Well, scam light means that they may not actually be intending to scam you, but they're scamming you nonetheless. So I had a guy buy a very fancy water filter from Guinevere um, that she no longer wanted to use because it had plastic in it. She didn't want plastic and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're getting rid of it. And I packed it up and I didn't pack it up perfectly, but I packed it up well enough and it got there and there was some water in the box because I hadn't drained it entirely. <laughs> well, the guy then decided he was going to try and put it together and he did it wrong. And when he did it wrong, he broke it. 
Oh. Instead of copping to the fact that he broke it, you break it, you own it. He said, you know, it was wet when it came here. It was broken. It was wet when it got there. That was my bad. The part that was his bad was that he broke it. <laughs> and so what ended up happening was I was out $1,000 because he w- you know, said it came broken, which it didn't. He was patently lying. The way that it was broken, it could not break that way unless it was assembled and then ripped apart. In other words, he put it together, thought he did it wrong, didn't know how to get it apart again, and broke it. Well, the question is, were you really out $1,000 since your beloved wanted it out of the house and you did try to sell it? Technically. No. So, all right. I wasn't out $1,000. Fair enough. But it was like Thomas, the lottery guy, giving away his fortune. I was out $60-$70 because I was out the insurance. I was out the shipping. I was out the transaction money that, that eBay got. So I was out some money. And I think actually it was around $100 that we were out that, on that one. And it, I was not happy about it. The other kind of scam that you're going to run across is um, people uh, looking for, as Massimo was saying, your personal information to do other kinds of crimes on you. That's the most common thing is they're just trying to figure out a way to do a crime, whether it's the $100 and the shipping fee that's non-returnable or some other thing. The minute it gets complicated, run. Because if it's a little bit weird, it's almost certainly a scam when it's on these online marketplaces. Get on the phone with the person, make sure it's a real person, make sure it's someone you want to do business with. That's my advice. We often tell people to use an alias online, but can you actually do that with a Facebook marketplace? You can't on Facebook marketplace. No, I think that's a good point. And it's like important to know when you're going in that you don't, you, you, you can't hide. You have to go in and say where you are. Now, one tip is I now, with the with the Country Squire, I have been going down to the Mark Twain Library, which is just down the street from us, to meet people because I don't want them at my house. Now, I realize that somebody could probably look at my name on Facebook and figure out through public records where I live if they really wanted to do that. Open source intelligence is always going to be able to get all this information, which is why I really don't take those kind of threats seriously. Whether or not you freeze your credit, maybe you can't freeze your credit or you use an alias. Maybe your alias is like paper thin and everybody knows exactly who you are because your IP address, it doesn't matter. Chances are, whatever you're doing, someone or something knows it's you. And at this point, Bo Travis and I break out into a chorus of, you can't always freeze your credit in canada but if you live in quebec you can do it all the time and then mick jaggers in the background and dancing and i feel like you could do better than that i've heard you sing better than that that was bad it's true but i i it was the first shot you know think of it as like a first draft i want you to work on it and then we were expecting a very good version on friday let's do uh blame canada instead But for instance, do you operate using a Google number and also a separate email address from your real email address and your real phone number? In theory, yes. You probably would want to use a Google voice number and set up a discrete with ETE at the end email address. This is like in Travis territory. If we were doing things Travis style, we would be super safe. 
but I'm me. And so I just sort of like smell a, you know, as I was telling Travis earlier, <laughs> I just keep a katana sword near the car. So if they <laughs> try anything funny, I go full, you know, uh, samurai, you know, Kurosawa on them. Well, for the non-katana wielding public, uh, <laughs> there are probably a couple of other things we can keep uh, safe. All right. Like what? Come on. Because I don't. I mean, me, I just sort of uh, hope for the the best and then sabotage myself. A big one is using uh, secure payment methods. Um, if you pay someone in cash and you find it, you get scammed. You are just completely out of uh, you're out of that money. You will never get it back. Um, if you use something like PayPal, however, you can actually um, file a claim against that. And it doesn't work all the time, but there is a chance that you can actually recoup some of your losses. Yeah, PayPal will protect you. Um, I'm cash only. You know, I, I, I've, I am a, here's your letter that says I'm selling you this thing as is. You give me the cash, you leave. We both sign it. That is, for me, the most ironclad way of doing business in these, these forums is you don't accept payment via any kind of app. You take cash only. Hmm. And so as the buyer, you know, it's perfectly fine too. Another thing to consider, most people take a photo of the thing they're trying to sell with their phone. And they have to be very careful because these photos contain geotags. That's right. Most of the time, any uh, picture you take is going to have something called metadata in it, which will um, contain the GPS coordinates of where it was that you were taking that picture. And it's pretty easy to strip that information out. And if you do so, it's a great way to protect your privacy. If you're using Windows, you can just right click on the photo where it says properties. You just remove that. Uh, you can remove that information. If you're using an uh, Android phone or tablet, same thing. You just open the picture before you post it online. Click edit and then uh, remove your location. It's similar on iOS and Mac, but um, it's uh, it follows most of the same beats. And it's something where it sounds paranoid, but at the same time, it's a great way just to make sure that you're not giving out any more information than you're intending to. You certainly don't want to create the equivalent of a beacon. That would right. Draw people to you. The bottom line is when you're selling something online, you have to think about things like geotags, like what kind of information you're giving out and why. And then what the smartest way to get paid or to pay is to keep you safe. So if you're buying, the best way is through some way you can suck the money back. If you're selling, the best way is cash. So may the best person win. Or to quote Shakespeare, that's our tinfoil swap. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.